Hey, everybody. Gosh, it's Hey Guys. Hey, guys, I'm Chris. <laughs> I, I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that usually says one of those two things when we agree you. Uh, yeah. And we also come at you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out November 23rd, 2016. And we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week it's time for our monthly trading policy. And this is a book that I'm bringing to the table. And this is Sex Criminals, volume number one, One Strange Trick, written by Matt Fraction with art by Chip Zdarsky. So this episode is coming with the explicit tag, right? Yeah, it's yeah, going to be so. hard to discuss this book without the oh, explicit man. tag. All your puns coming <laughs> hard. <laughs> Paul, you scoundrel. I am a scoundrel. <laughs> and that might be because we are drinking a fabulous... As always. As we're always, always. We're always drinking. A fabulous IPA coming from Otter Creek, one of uh, my favorite little breweries. Uh, this is a mind-melting India, pal Al. Wow, that's like marketing speak right there. It's like you read it off the can. I did write it, read it off the can. <laughs> 60 IBUs, 6%, juicy. Like it has that grapefruity mm-hmm. juiciness that you like want. And it's kind of the beer I've been looking for for like all summer. I was looking for that kind of juiciness. I got it a little bit with the um, 12th and Never. Mm-hmm. It was a pale kind of comparison to this. Um, but this, I like Two Brothers. Yeah, I, I keep on saying it. Well, you know who every did, time you know who doesn't who? the brewery because yeah. they don't make it anymore. Uh, but I I really like it. You get that grapefruitiness. Mm-hmm. It still has IPA ness. The hop kind of a little bit of bitter is there. Uh, really enjoyable drinking IPA. Have you had the two X out of the can? I know I picked it up yes. for you. And did that what didn't satisfy sedate that kind of juicy. I don't Big like pop two X from Southern Tier. I don't, it's not juicy, right? Okay, it's just that piney. Yeah. Okay, and this, yeah, this does, ha- but this does leave, have that lingering piney, uh, you know, resin hoppiness it's, aftertaste. Yeah, let's, all so let's on the you back. Know it's an IPA. Yeah, all on the back end, and I have to say. Uh, this is 60 uh, IBUs. I have to say, now I'm 100% down on it. IBUs are complete bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> they're complete bullshit because I remember the hundo, and they're like, oh, it's 100 I- IBUs. That There is no I Whatever. 60? Okay, fine. It's But this is hoppier and bitter, more bitter than a lot of the other ones that I've read the side of the can. And like, oh, 85, 100. 120. Screw you, IBUs. You're bullshit. You're bullshit. It could also be just what's brewed with the beer that takes that edge off, too, though. Yeah. I mean, IBUs is just the, like, hopticity? I don't know if that's the word, but... It's the, the international bitterness. Like, not necessarily, even. like, how... No, it's describing it's how bitter It's going to play with everything else that's with it. That, then why, why have it there? If it's not describing what it is, what it tastes like... Then what are you describing? Because it's like old, it's old beer practice. Let it's people know the just IBUs. That let it let it die, because it doesn't you describe anything. It doesn't help me as a consumer. And a lot of times too, what? like when you look up a beer like on un- Untapped, a lot of times it just is like IBU. It's like NA. Like it doesn't matter. I'm sorry, Chris. What was that? No, I was gonna say like they put the like ABV on the bottles. Like some of those beers don't even matter. 
Well, the ABV, at least, you know, I, I want to know that because I want to know how drunk I'm going to get. And I feel like that stays pretty true. Okay, but are you reading that off of, like, a Labasse, though? No, I know about that 4.2%? 4.2%, I know about it. But if it's 6%... But he, he had to read it at one time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I... Th- I can make a – there's a consumer choice I am making by reading that number of ABV. I'm like, yes, this is a high, more high-octane, quote-unquote, beer. I know that, you know, okay, I'm spending $10 here on a four-pack, but I'm going to get as rip-roaring drunk drinking two of them as I am going to drink, you know, a six-pack, three of these, you know, for $8 versus, oh, this is going to be – this is going to taste more bitter than this. I don't feel like it's true at all. Like it's not te- that yeah, that IBU that, that isn't IBU telling would me. It might say that thing, but, and then you you drink it, and you're like, I don't get any, I don't get any bitterness, and mm-hmm. we've had that. Yeah, and it's like the next beer we're gonna drink is Rebel Raw from Sam Adams. The reason I purchased that is because it was a fresh IPA, fresh double IPA, clocking in at ten percent in Tall Boy cans. Like that is what sold me going. Okay, I'll spend the. Mm-hmm. Uh, eleven ninety nine on this four pack because it is a high high uh, ABV. So I think somewhat, yeah. I don't think IBU uses a big thing. Anymore. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just saying. After drinking this one, which tastes has that really big bitter pop, and it's only rated as a sixty, and I know I've had higher IBU beers before. I'm like. Eh. Why even bother now, you know? Like, why even... Like, what's it telling me? It it doesn't seem like it's holding true for anything. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I believe you can find this in six packs, uh, but I bought a 12-pack cans, um, $14.99 for the 12-pack, which I thought is a great deal. And uh, I look forward to continuing to drink this beer year-round. Mm-hmm. And the beer that I'm drinking today that you can drink all year-round is Lagunitas Little Something Something Nail. Um, as I've explained to the gentleman on the show here, I was going to try to wake <laughs> up in the morning and go out and buy a beer. Uh, that didn't happen. I slept until eight minutes after we were supposed to start recording, and 17 minutes after John sent me the message saying, hey, we are going to record now. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to go grab beer this morning, so I just kind of had to go to one of the fallback beers that I had in my apartment for when we started writing our annual Christmas special last week. Um, what a great beer. It's a great beer, and I don't think I've ever had one this close to waking up before. I mean, I know I probably <laughs> drank one earlier in the day, but this is a nice, crisp, refreshing beer first thing in the morning. It, um, is, is it bitter, Chris? It's It's got a, a little bit of a bitter. I would place it at probably about like 64.2. <laughs> exactly. Use, but... You know, it just it washes right away. It's probably because of everything else that's going on with it, like the 1.076 OGs that are listed on there. I don't know what that stands for, John. Original gravity. Ah, thank you, Paul. Oh, sorry, John was One looking John at his phone. Sorry, I was looking up little something something, and I wanted to be I wanted to be like, well, the IBUs they are 64. <laughs> like, I, that's why I asked him because I knew it was higher than this one. Because I was looking at it, um, I'm actually trying to go on to Sierra Nevada's website to see what they have all of their beers at for IBUs because I mean when I think Sierra Nevada I I think really out of control uh, bitterness um, Torpedo 65 IBUs 
Wait, celebration is sixty-five. That's insanity. Yeah. So I don't want to say IBUs are bullshit, but come on, Chris, come over to the side of the table. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know I, I like the sixty-four point two zero IBUs and a little something something mail. Um, right. This is just such a great drinkable beer. That's actually why I picked it up for when we were recording because this is one of those fallback beers. Like if I ever see it somewhere and I'm just looking for something to have to drink whether it's at a restaurant or just to have as i'm sitting there watching netflix or you know playing video games reading comics like this is one of my go-tos now yeah i bought a 12 pack of it just because i'm like it was available to me and it was 19 dollars and 99 cents and i'm like yes i could get through a 12 pack of this without any issues or qualms like yeah. i'm not going to feel bad like it's and not a beer a- i'm going to shit save for people for a celebration or anything it's a good drinking any time of day yeah, beer yeah exactly especially when you first wake up in the morning here's the thing too like i bought this at walgreens like, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like i had to take my cat to the vet last week uh-huh. and on the way back i was like oh you know what i'm i had the rest of my day off i was like i'm gonna you know play some uh video games i'm gonna get some snacks i'm gonna grab myself some beer and i went into walgreens they have sam adams they have like your typical just run-of-the-mill crap beers, like they have some yingling, and then I saw they had Lagunitas, a little something-something, and I was like, why would I get anything else that's in this cooler when I can get this knockout beer? Yeah. It's just, it's got a nice crispness to it. There's a wonderful, like, little bit of a bitter, you know, I mean, only 64.2 <laughs> worth, uh, but man, like, there's a nice little citrus on it that I'm getting this morning. I, I'm really happy with this beer always, but for some reason, this morning, man, it's just, it's perfect. Yeah, it's nice, too. I mean, it's, uh, like, you drink it, and you're like, I don't know, I don't know what style, what style is this? And it's like a pale wheat. Uh, they they ale. call it a something ale on yeah. the label. Oh, wait, sorry, no, a little something something ale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's a pale wheat ale, so it's so unique in mm-hmm. its flavor. I, it, I really like the mouthful feel, too, because it's got that big mouthfeel it has a very lingering effect but it's not that resiny bitterness that i'm getting off of like the free flow ipa or a big ipa that has a lot of bitter to, to it for like you said it's a pale wheat yes and for most wheat beers you get that i don't mean this in any disrespect to them but that like that cereal feeling in your mouth like mm-hmm. that wheat really comes through and i'm you don't get that from this either um i was at disney springs the other day uh, just hanging out before a movie, and I went to the poutine stand that they have there, and I got, they had the Ephemere Blanche de Chamblay, which is, like, the wit beer, and even that, like, that gave me more of, like, that weediness mm-hmm. that I get from, like, the little something-something. Yeah. Great beer. It little something-something is, yes. One of these days, we're actually going to have to do, like, a beer list, like, an actual ranking of everything that we've had. Oof. Well, we did our top five for uh, not like everyone we've had, but like you know, John and I, we came up with our top five beers of all time. Uh, you can find that in that episode. I don't know what because I didn't write that down, and it might not be up anymore. It might not be up anymore. No, I, I'm pretty sure that was one that's on the uh, the bangboard.com website. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, yeah, a lot of these beers like you can't really get. Yeah, like uh, I think I think. W- because we we did our top five IPAs of all time, mm-hmm. and then we did, did stouts, stouts, yep, yeah, and then top five all around 
favorite mm-hmm. beers of all time that were like that one time you could have them. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we could do like top five, top five just great drinking beers. Go to beers. You know? Go to beers. Go tos. Yeah. Nothing. You know. And I'm sorry, I completely like zoned out. Uh, what beer did you guys have first, so I can put it on the show notes for this episode number 324 at Vagboard.com? Free <laughs> Flow IPA from Otter Creek. <laughs> Thank you. I remembered it was an Outdoor Creek one because you were talking about fresh slice before the show. But no, it's it's always good to grab a beer with friends, especially if you're grabbing beers with friends before a movie starts. So or that way, if you can... you're in like Florida, all of the movie theaters are basically like, "Hey, buy a beer and take it in with you." That's cool because you know it's nice to have a beer and drink it while watching previews, and that's basically all we got for news today, right? Is the new yeah. previews, new trailers, I should say, new trailers. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys fill in the ones that you were most excited about, because both of them... I forgot all three of them already. All right, well, two of them are <laughs> well, where Chris's would be favorite about, but I put this on the list because I watched this trailer and was like, okay, I'll go see this King Kong movie, and that is Skull Island. Uh, we got this trailer this week, and, uh, boy, does that look like a fun action movie. It really does, uh... I'm not a big King Kong fan. I mean, I respect it for what the original was. I liked the Peter Jackson uh, Andy Serkis remake in 2000-whatever. But it's never been one of those movies that is like a go-to for me. Like, Mm -hmm. Godzilla would be. Um, But Skull Island looks great. What I think... I'm really excited for seeing this movie now. What I think that the these what this movie is going to do better than those other movies is you have that original movie or the original story for King Kong and then everybody has then tried to make that movie which is they go to the island they find King Kong they ship him back to New York if, he escapes and he, then does rampage yes okay uh and the best part of Peter Jackson's I had to ask because I don't think I've ever gotten through a King Kong movie the uh, <laughs> Uh, the best I think part, the, like original, is only like forty minutes long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best part of Peter Jackson's movie is when they're on the island and all the crazy things going on, and then when yeah. you get to when you get them off the island and he's in New York is when it starts slowing down. Where this movie looks like it's all about crash landing on this island and then getting the f out, uh, and that's where I think you're gonna get all the crazy action and they're setting this up to be everybody wants these stupid franchise movies so they're mm-hmm. going the king kong franchise movie but then they want the king kong godzilla movie just like they're trying to do the monster movies with universal where they're bringing back all the monsters so then they have the monster team up movie monster squad i yeah. <laughs> if they worked everything towards monster squad that would be like the biggest fake out in movie history and i would love universal for it Mm-hmm. It'd be pretty good. Uh, written by uh, Shane Black, who's now a pretty big director. Yeah. Did Iron Man three? Did Iron Man he three? Did Iron Man yeah. three. Yeah. Wow. Got that. Um, one. Not, <laughs> not to completely move away from uh, Skull Island, because yeah, I'm I'm really excited for this movie now. Um, more so because it looks awesome, but that's also helped by the fact that John Goodman and John C. Riley are in it, and. I know we've talked about John Goodman before on the show. Like, I, I really love him and everything. Um, but to kind of get to talking about the whole like Universal Monsters movies, like all crossing over, 
I think that would be awesome. And I want to see them bring like an original Universal Monsters themed area to one of the parks down here. I would absolutely love that if they had a section of one of the parks that was almost like the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, except it's all just run by the original monsters. You know, like your Dracula, Wolfman, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Would you want them to create a new like monster to be included, like in this that pantheon now? Yeah, Beetlejuice. <laughs> is he is he actually a monster? Yeah. No, but they the, the used Universal used to yeah. have him running around. He used to have his own mm-hmm. little sideshow thing. Yeah, yeah, he had a show. Like you can still meet him in the parks. Like he still comes out to like. But they used to say hi the, to people. The, the, the they'd make you up like a monster. Hmm. Just saying, because you know we got all the slasher movies now. Like. Do they deserve to? Does a character like that deserve to be elevated to that Universal Monster Squad for less of, lack of a better term? I I don't think they deserve to be elevated. I'm okay with them having their own, their own little like pantheon though. Like your Michael Myers, your Freddy, your Jason, your <laughs> Ghostface from Scream. Like Pinhead. I'm okay with them being like a separate, like contingent of monsters. Yeah, and eventually, you know, we will have that. Old monsters versus new monsters movie. They just need to all get on the on the same beat and have movies coming out. Wow, man! I really liked your talk, Chris, about uh, that uh, about what's happening at Universal and what would you would like there. <laughs> uh, where could I find more of that kind of th- that uh, talk and your ideas? Well, if you do want to hear more of that, you should head over to parksnrect.com. Oh, the letter um, N. <laughs> what was that the letter N? The letter N. Yeah, parksandrec.com. Yeah. Um, really want to get back on board with the duo of that because it's been a month since the last episode and it was like a month and a half before the previous one from that one. It's timing, man. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff happening. That's awesome. It needs to be discussed. It should. Much like it the should. new trailer for, I don't remember what trailer it was. Chris, do you remember? Oh, crap. I don't know. John wants to get a beer. We're yeah, we, t- we, talk- we talked about movie trailers, and the only one I remembered was Skull Island, because that was the last one that I had watched. What were the other two that came out? Yeah, John, what are the other two that came out? Uh, possibly Beauty and the Beast? That was one of them. Talking about Disney stuff. We got the new trailer for the Disney live-action remake of Beauty and the Beast, starring Emma Watson. And there's a whole lot of beast in this one. Yeah, you Man, people sleep. are upset by it. Really? Yeah, I don't. You haven't seen any of this. No, I. People don't, don't like the Beast because he's too ugly and looks too much like a monster. Have they seen the cartoon? Like the cartoon I feel one like doesn't they have. Like he doesn't have like a bow in his hair and like not having claws and giant fangs. He looks like almost an interpretation of that. What they did with the cartoon. Yes, but that's. That's people now, man. These are the same people that are upset that Starbucks had a green cup for a week instead of a red cup, and people just like getting bent out of shape over little dumb things that, when you look at it in the scope of things, it's like, no, you're still getting your coffee. What what cup matters? No, you're getting an awesome Beauty and the Beast remake starring Hermione. The Beast is a beast. Yeah, he looks exactly what you would think the Beast should look like. I think his horns are a little long. <laughs> nah. 
I mean, what, what just, I, I just wanted to throw a very Paul thing out there, just to like out Paul myself. Like, <laughs> no, he looks good. Like he's the beast. No, one of the girls I work with was like kind of like, oh, I wish they had kept his like bottom fangs sticking out of his lips. Like, but he looks good, and I was like, no, like, yeah, I think the fangs are cool. They kind of break up mm-hmm. all the hair, brownish tan that's his face. But like, ultimately, like you look at me like. No, that's the live-action beast. I was looking forward to this before. I'm doubly looking forward to it now because we got to see a lot of the other stuff that happens in the movie that we can recognize and pick out from the original animated film, like Beast Fighting the Wolves, guests on Rousing the Crowd in the Tavern. Like All of this in just like that stunning live-action like crispness. Man, I, I can't wait. Did you hear uh, that there is uh, some kind of new spoilers coming out from it. Did you hear about uh, they changed one of the main things? It was in the uh, Entertainment Weekly? Or who had the photos? Uh, Entertainment know. Weekly usually gets like the yeah. like exclusive stuff like that. So uh, I read that article because I, you know, Kate works at a dentist's office and I go to pick her up and I'm like, oh, I gotta wait ten more minutes so I'll read this. And, and someone else had highlights for children and you're like, oh well. <laughs> oh well. And uh, they actually talked to Emma Watson and how she kind of really wanted to, you know, keep the script uh, moving forward with Belle as a character, not to have her so reactionary. So she's actually the inventor in the family. Like, she's reading all those books, and she's coming up with the inventions, and not her, not Maurice. Like, she creates this uh, washing machine apparatus, so Belle can just put the clothes in that and then have more time for reading. Hmm. So I, I'm kind of interested to see how they flesh out all of the characters, not just... Uh, that upsets me. I don't like things like things that aren't what I like. Woman's Place is not reading books. Well, you guys sound like <laughs> Gaston. I'm kind of more just like worried about what that means for Maurice's character, because I liked him as the, you he know, might... the crazy inventor. Like, is he just going to be... The eccentric old man now? He might. He might still be... Is like he actually a... going to be crazy, or... You know what? Bell might be also an inventor, and he still might be an inventor. They didn't really get into Maurice's character at all, but it's Kevin Klein. Was it Kevin Klein? Yeah. I did not notice that. When, what? I, watched, when I watched the trailer, I did not see We're that. We're having a Freaky Kevin Friday Klein. moment right now. <laughs> How did I not see that? I know. Um, they show more of the... I was going to say appliances, but, you know... <laughs> The uh, the beast attendants, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, I think they they look pretty good. I was wondering how they're going to pull off Mrs. Potts. I like Mrs. Potts the most, look wise. See, I, I think uh, Cogsworth looks fantastic. Cogsworth, I think I'm going to have the same trouble I had with Transformers, where there's so many moving pieces that I can't make out the face. Oh, oh so Paul, you. You're saying you're not looking forward to the inevitable Beauty and the Beast Transformers mashup film right. that will be coming in 2025. Beautiful uh, Transformers, yes. I, I'm not looking forward to Beautiful that. Beautiful Transformers. <laughs> not looking forward to that mashup film. No, you know how like everything's so intricate? It, it, it kind of, like even Lumiere, like there's a lot of intricate like art pieces, you know, doodads on him mm-hmm. where... I'm losing the character. And, and the thing with the cartoon, the original cartoon, was they were all very expressive, even for being 
you know, inanimate. They were very animated for inanimate objects. And no, here, that's, that's true. But I think you'll be able to still have that life come through in the voice acting because I mean, you have Ian McKellen and Ewan McGregor as those two characters. Right. Uh, Ewan McGregor as Lumiere, Cogsworth is uh, what's what's his name? Um, Ian, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen. I I think they're going to bring the life and the heart to those characters because, yeah, in the movie they were more animated, but that's kind of just because they needed to be. Because mm-hmm. you couldn't have like an actual clock like hopping around. Um, I think the realism is going to be kind of leveled out with the craziness. Do you think uh, when Emma Watson first saw the Be Our Guest live action scene, she's like, no, that's a pretty good feast. I've had better at Hogwarts. <laughs> you think that happened, right? Like, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Probably. Because every time I watch Perry Potter Pan, I'm like, this feast scene's so good. Like, Kate and I just were watching the first one, and we paused, and, like, we're going through, like, each and every item that was on the table. We're like, yeah, that would be good. The drumsticks, the corn on the cob, and stuff that we don't even recognize or understand what it could be, but it looks delicious. It looks so good. I'm hungry, guys. And I just had breakfast. <laughs> I, I was looking up stuff about the next movie yeah. that we were going to talk about, and then I just like looked up and was like, "What the hell is Paul talking about?" <laughs> talking about food. We Fantastic view of food. No, we, we didn't pause. And we looked, and there's drumsticks. <laughs> see, now I get it. Oh, see, you said drumsticks. I thought like like drumsticks, like Phil Collins. Yeah, no drumsticks. That was summer, not food drumsticks. And then you're like corn on the cob, and I'm like corn on the cob. Because that was a drum solo from that one Phil Collins song, right? Yeah, sure. I just made drum noises. What? What's the next trailer? The other movie was (laughs) yes. It is the (laughs) yes. I remember. Yeah. Let me look at the phone. Unfortunate events. Oh, that was it. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot this. I'm really looking forward to I it. I know, Beauty and the Beast and this one were your babies. They were. Well, Paul mentioned them. And then I was like, oh, yeah, totally. No, uh, Netflix, Series of Unfortunate Events, starring Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, it's going to debut Friday the 13th in January. Of course, it's going to be Friday the 13th. And everything about this trailer speaks to what I loved about the books. Um, some of the references and... Electronics are a little bit more updated for where we are in life now at 2016. But I'm so glad that this is actually going to be like a full-blown series and they're going to be able to space things out a little bit more than they did by trying to cram three books into uh, one one movie. movie. Because these books need time to breathe and let you linger on those characters before Count Olaf inevitably gets rid of all of them. And man, Neil Patrick Harris is going to be an awesome Olaf. It's just he, when you give him the opportunity to play like a big crazy villain, he he does it well. I actually just uh, finished American Horror Story Freak Show last night, and the character he plays in that is just absolutely insane. So see him uh, see him doing this just as well. I like that he's like in the trailer they show that he because I've never watched or read a uh, series of unfortunate events. So to see him uh, like doing honestly, all uh, the books are fantastic. I think if there's something you can get off of like Amazon for low uh, price, yeah, like digitally like Kindle, if you can get them for like five to ten dollars, they're worth it. I mean they're really 
quick reads. I mean, they are young adult fiction. You could probably get through one in an afternoon. Mm-hmm. But just the writing style of Lemony Snicket, better known to the real world as Daniel Handler, uh, is fantastic. Like, it's just so flowery and over-explaining everything that you can't help but smile when you read some of those oh, paragraphs. That would be fun. Uh, so I didn't realize Count Olaf like had a bunch of uh, costume changes. Yeah, so, so every, I wanna... every book he's in it as someone else because he's trying to steal the Baudelaire orphan's fortune. <laughs> and the only way he can do that is by kind of like shoehorning his way into their life and trying to um, just like gain sway over them in different ways. Yeah, so I'm interested in that because it's because he is such a. What's going to be f- crazy for me is uh, I find uh, NPH so likable. Like no matter what he's doing, that you know, for him to play a villain, it might be a new thing for me, and I'm, it might be hard for me to get past it. But I think it'll be that kind of like I'm rooting for him, but I kind of want him to fail anyways. Kind no, of and that's thing. that's exactly the thing about a series of unfortunate events. As soon as you see like a new character pop up in whichever of the 13 books you're reading, you're like, oh, that's clearly Count Olaf. And the kids realize it, too, and they're just trying to like point it out to everyone else around them. They're like, no, that's not a sea captain. That's Count Olaf. And they're like, that's not Count Olaf. He's Count wearing Olaf a captain's hat. Captain. Like, <laughs> it's stupid stuff like that mm-hmm. that's like just a lot of fun. Man, 2017 is going to be so good for Netflix. Yeah. The new Bill Nye series, man. this series, the series with the three uh, people from um, te- the busted uh, Mythbusters. Oh, the Mythbusters, yeah. yeah. Uh, what about Iron Fist? I'm so excited for Iron, Iron Fist. Fist. Bill Nye? Yeah, I, I list Bill Nye. So, oh, was, I didn't hear that one. Sorry. That was number two. He said that number two. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. Wasn't Bill Nye is actually, the old ones are on there now. Yeah, they've been on there. For a while, yeah, for a little bit. I, I haven't. I added it to the queue. I haven't went back to watch them. Yeah, there was a moment where when I first started dating my wife, uh, which I make it sound like it was so long ago, but uh, it's like I, three years ago. Two. I, I put it on when that that was on there. I put it on, and she was like, "What is this?" And I was like, "This is what? Ah, oh. mm. child it, bride." Like, her not knowing Bill Nye like was That's worse surprising. Worse than her having not seen like Goonies or any of the Star Wars movies or any of the Back to the Future movies. Like to me I was like, How can you not know who Bill Nye is? Do you guys watch his big think stuff uh, on YouTube? I've I've seen some of them. Um, yeah. I used to follow with the Big Think mm-hmm. channel. And they put up a lot of videos that were just from people or about topics that I didn't mm-hmm really have an interest in and you know there's nothing about that uh, but that bothered me but i was just like eh, they put up a lot of videos that i don't watch so i just kind of unfollowed the channel yeah you kind of like how you kind of unfollow you follow stan lee on twitter for a little while and then you're like why is everything in my newsfeed stan lee so you stop following yeah, exactly. him that's honestly why when i did use twitter i actually unfollowed kevin smith because he just put up so much stuff that i was like okay I follow and, Kevin and, Smith. and Danny DeVito, right? How many times you can see his feet. picture of his feet? Troll feet. <laughs> um, I like following Kevin Smith when it's the uh, Winter Classic because he live blogs the Winter Classic. The he live blogs a lot of things. That's the one thing that I'm like, yeah, I'll watch hockey with Kevin Smith. This is great. Uh, but other than that, I, I won't you know, follow him on Twitter. Uh, and Paul, just to yeah. 
let you know about this um, from the Daily Show. Asif Mandi. Okay, yeah. Is also going to be in a series of unfortunate events, which means at some point we will probably have a series of unfortunate events and the last airbender crossover as well. <laughs> right, right. That that movie. How dare you bring it up? Sorry, I just needed to bring you that, uh, back down, Paul, so I figured that what better way to do it than bring up Somebody segue. I, I got nothing. I'm just depressed now because you brought up that movie. Well maybe uh, having another drink would help. Uh, yes. Nothing tastes good. Nothing's good in this world. <laughs> yeah. and this the is, beer's turning to ash in my mouth. Uh, this is kind of true. Uh, so this is from Sam Adams. This is the Rebel Raw Double IPA, 10%, hazy from hoppiness. This is a fresh IPA. They give it 35 days. Uh, this was canned when we had it, uh, what's that? Was that this Tuesday or was that last? Was this past Tuesday? This uh, last Tuesday. It had been... Okay, do the math. We do set, seven, ask... Do it you... had been seven... No, 14 days. Okay. Since it had been canned. So now we're getting close 19 to... Days. 19 days. 19 um, days. I don't think this is nearly as good when we had it on Tuesday. Has it been sitting out, or is it... No, like, it's been in the fridge. It's, it says, keep cold, drink now, uh, and... I didn't even move it in the fridge. We placed it in the fridge, and it stayed there. Like, yeah. Dust collected around it. Not really, because it's only been five days. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know. Like, I see. I I think I'm I'm done with chasing these fresh beers. Like you know, they're not. They're a good IPA. I I think this is better than a lot of the IPAs that I think this is better than the Rebel IPA. I think this is better than their. Even the Brick IPA that we had? Was it Brick, or was that just a pale ale when we were in Boston? We had their Brick Ale? Uh, I don't remember. That's only available yeah, that was in way Boston. too long ago. I don't remember. I think this is Sam Adams' best IPA so far. I think so. Uh, but does that doesn't mean it's the best IPA available, and it's not better than IPAs that I can get readily available, like, I don't know, Free Flow IPA <laughs> that I just had from Otter Creek. It's such a saturated market that I don't think I need to chase this fresh stuff that I don't need, you know. Well, you want to drink a you want to drink a a fresh I want to see IPA. what it is the first time, but so far all of them have let like, me down. The free flow's been is a month old. Right. It sh- you know, it should be able to hold. Um No, I mean like because this is a special like you got to get there soon otherwise it's not going to be available. Like the bonbon that we had yeah. and the what was the other one well here's the thing about that bonbon is some for some reason we got like a filtered version of that like we either got the top of the the bottling or the bottom of because when i said that it because people are like it's so hazy it looks like orange juice i was like not not the one that i had like it wasn't hazy at all did it we was, pour the whole bottle yeah okay so I'm like, maybe the sediment was all... Yeah, maybe, maybe got the sediment off the bottom. Maybe we would, but yeah. No, just like the color... Because like, it was a big difference from all three of those that we had. That, or all, mm-hmm. you know, out of all three of those, it was a big difference color-wise from the first two that we had had. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think this is a bad IPA. I think this is a yeah. good double IPA. You don't get that 10% booziness with it. But I know it's going to mess me up, and that's why I'm glad that's on the label. Yes, uh, I think maybe maybe it gets a little better warmed up because when I drank one of mm-hmm. these on my own, 
I really enjoy. I did really enjoy it. And then when we split one when we were writing <laughs> the Christmas special, I still enjoyed it. My first sips off of this, I wasn't loving it, and that's why <laughs> I said like I don't think it's as good as it was. You know, four days ago. Yeah, I get no real pop on the front end. It's all that lingering mid palate, and then that aftertaste is that just resin, that bitter resin. It's not citrusy. Yeah, up front. I, I don't like that resiny. Exactly. So I need something that like leads me into that resin to make me feel like, oh, that's that aftertaste just lingering, like that mm-hmm. ruby red grapefruity from that, Free Flow that leads you into that bitter that's really nice because i mean because that that front flavor kind of mixes with that resin to kind of keeps it even when you're only getting resin i'm like 100 ibus screw you ibus i don't it doesn't so it means nothing to me you checked into this you gave it a three and a half would you stick by that yeah because it's still like i said this is still their best ipa it is their best IPA. It's better than a lot of the mediocre IPAs, which I would rate it as, as a three. So this is just a notch above. It's a notch above a standard IPA. It's not as good as the XPAs that we've had. No. From no, Woodcock I, Brothers. Yeah, but, but nobody can get that other than us, because <laughs> nobody else lives in Western New York that listens to this. Uh, Chris can't even get it. No. We don't send it to him. Because we're jerks. But also because you got to keep it cold and keep it fresh. Who are we? We're not Gandalf. We can't keep it secret. We can't keep it safe. What am I, a hobbit? Can't do it. I've seen your feet. Yes, you are. Uh, yeah, it's it's not bad. Like you said, yeah. Um, it's a notch below XPA. It's a notch below, but it's a notch above your like, run-of-the-mill IPA. So, bargatory worthy? If it's at bargatory, I'm ordering it. But if this is at bargatory and little something something's at bargatory, I'm ordering oh, little yeah. something something. No, yeah. little, little something something, I see it at like a... I'm trying to think of what we would call the step up from bargatory. I see little something something, I'm still probably ordering it. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think that's very fair. There's lots of beers that would come over this, but... This is above a lot of other beers. Mm-hmm. So three point five. Like, are you, were you saying that was a bad rating for it? Like, I don't get what you were. No, I thought I, was, I, I jumped for right what, to for what you were saying. It was. I thought it was a high rating for mm-hmm. it. Right. But I also like my bargatory beers. I put in at as a three, and that's beers that I like, and that's beers mm-hmm. that I don't. When it goes above a three, it's more enjoyable than the bargatory beers. At three and a half is like, hey, I would take this just about any time I saw. Oh, okay, I mean that's just me. Once I get to so, four I mean, and above, I'm like three is like three to four is like okay, it's a standard good beer. If I, it depending on my mood, I'll buy it. Above four is like, I will buy it at the store, knowing that I will be in the mood for this beer soon. Five is I see it at the store, yeah, I'm buying that sucker. If I have the money for it and I'm not buying something else, you know, if I'm just like at the store looking to buy a beer, just any kind of beer I want, a five, if I see it at the store, I'm buying it. Yeah. See, that's my rating scale. Like three is like, it's good. I would drink this. It's not, it's not awful. Mm -hmm. And then the higher you go to that, the better to, if I see it, I will get it. 
Like four to me is if I see it, I know I lo- I like I love it. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets to five, it's the one of the best things I've had. Like mm-hmm. I if I see it, I have to buy it. Right. Kind of a thing. Chris, how about you? Same. What's your scale? Same. 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 Like Same as four John? is like one of my like top tier like I would consider like my favorite beers. Anything from like three up to four is like a standard beer to something that I would drink like often if I saw it out and about. Um so similar like, to what I just said. Yeah, like four is typically saved for like that upper echelon, like okay, this is like what I would consider one of my go to's. Yeah, when I rate on Untapped, you can follow me, McGowan PW on Untapped. Um for my fours and my fives, I really do try to write something down on there, like anything uh, above a four, just so I know what I liked about it. So that way, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in the mood for something like this or this. I'm buying one of these items that are listed in my fours. Yeah. See, I've, I've gotten a lot better with like how I rate beers ever since they introduced the ability to put things at like a 4.25 or a 4.5 or 4.75. Mm-hmm. Um, so the beers that are up at that higher level, like the five, I don't necessarily need to write down what it is because there's fewer beers that are up there at that point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got you. But uh, what do you got coming out this week? Uh, the day before 23rd. the day before Thanksgiving here in the United States. It is biggest party um, day of the year. I, I don't do much that day. Um, I'm actually looking forward to a book coming out from DC Comics, and this is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number nine. Um, like I said last week, I'm really digging where Green Lantern's at right now in the DC universe between the two books. Um, this one and then Green Lanterns. It's it's back to what I loved about Green Lantern in like the early to mid-2000s when we were a Green Lantern podcast. Um, right now, Hal is kind of leading an assault on uh, Warworld, War world, hard to say, the capital of the Yellow Lantern Corps, and just surgically trying to take them out. And then uh, John Stewart and the rest of the Green Lantern Corps are hot on his tail, uh, coming to help out with that. Uh, it's great. I, I'm really digging this book, and I would like to submit it to you guys to say, like, hey, you know what? Check it out. Get back on board with this one, because I think you will like it, especially you, Paul, because it's kind of back to what you liked about Green Lantern as well. Buddy Cops. Buddy Cops. This is Maybe you don't read like all of the Green Lanterns books with Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. Like, I would say maybe just start with the uh, current arc with the Phantom Ring. Okay. Um, the Phantom Ring is a ring that anyone can wield. It taps into all colors of the spectrum, and it doesn't select somebody. Like It's literally like anybody can pick it up. So the Guardians are like, well, the Guardian that made it is trying to like, keep it secret. Now, when you put it on, does what you, like, who you are as a person determine the color? Yep, it, it taps into whatever you're trying to feel at that point. But or first, what, maybe not what you're trying to feel, maybe just what kind of sways over you. But first, got to go on Facebook and take a personality quiz. <laughs> yeah, Buzz, from BuzzFeed. The, uh, <laughs> like, nice, Chris. <laughs> The Green Lantern books, especially the Hell's Run ones, are the ones that I keep 
downloading, but I don't get around to reading them. One, because I don't get around to reading <laughs> most of the stuff that I, like, some of the stuff that I buy. And when it is, like, when I am in the mood to, like, oh, man, I'm really in the mood to read this, I go, ah, crap, I gotta read these books for the monthly look back. And then I read, like, like last last month I read, you know, what, like 16 books in the matter <laughs> of, like, two weeks, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm really blown well, out. It's only I, I four books thing. a week. Like, I I read all of those books that we had picked for stuff, mm-hmm. and then I had other books that I was buying just because I buy them that were kind of pushed to the wayside. And then another week would happen, and I'd be like, okay, well, I have to buy like these five books, but I'm only talking about the one of them. Mm-hmm. So I would read that one first, and then the rest would sit there. So I actually binged maybe the last four issues of both Green Lantern books because I just I was in such a like, Green Lantern mood for them. Like, that's all I wanted to read. And I completely understand that, because every week when we come to do this, I'm like, hey, I'm going to check in with the series, and then I never do, because guess what? Yeah. I'm still trying to catch there's, up with all the books I'm still to read. Uh, and actually, a little bit of uh, news that we didn't talk about is it is confirmed that in the Justice League movie, we will be seeing a Green Lantern. Confirmed not, not a Green Lantern. <laughs> they're not saying who. Uh, they're not saying why or what or when. Or if we're seeing him in the background, or if he's going to be an actual character. I have the feeling Green Lantern is going to be what Wonder Woman was to Batman Superman. He's going to show up in the middle of a fight, and it's going to be one of those just, like, screaming guitar moments. Only thing is, the Green Lantern is going to be Nort. Nort? Completely sidetrack everybody. Yep. Uh, I thought it might be um, Abin Sewer. That'd be cool. And then they can redo the whole... Yeah, start it over again. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, Paul. Oh. Yeah, it's my pick. Oh, yeah, it's my pick. What do you think I'm looking forward to? I think you're looking forward <laughs> to an image book that you're going to pay overpriced <laughs> amounts for. Uh, oh, overpriced amounts. 10%, huh? <laughs> the, I am looking forward to AD. This is After Death, book one. This is going to be coming from writer Scott Snyder. No, we're reading that already with Reborn from Mike Millar. Mark Millar. We already read that. Yeah. That's also about After Death. Mm. And that's also from Image Comics. Uh, And that is art and cover artist by Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire will be painting this oversized prestige uh, one of, you know, all three, but it's a, a miniseries of three books. Okay. And it is coming in at five ninety nine. Well, I'm glad uh, you're spending yeah. that extra dollar on the prestige oversized comic for your tiny little phone there. Uh, I know. And the fact that it is Jeff Lemire doing like painted pages, I kinda wanna get it if I'm gonna spend the money mm-hmm. and because it's gonna be five ninety nine digitally. And we've you know, we've had this discussion yeah. before that, you know, sometimes that just mm, doesn't make sense. I think I kind of want to go to a store and pick this up because I think it would be really cool to have these oversized issues. And it was the only reason to kind of have it that format is to see Jeff Lemire's painted artwork. Now, but here's here's the next question. Instead of spending the five ninety nine per issue for three issues, would you rather wait and pick it up as like a hardcover trade that will like sit on your bookshelf? Yeah, hardcover trade. He's probably going to spend twenty three to twenty four dollars, just because it's a hardcover. Here's the thing, though. 
This is coming out this week. Right. I do have I have a little okay. comic book shop down the street from me. Oh. And if it wasn't for the super, super convenience and also the where to put comic book factor, I would have gone back to buying print because I could go. I could stop after work and go pick this pick comic books up from this little shop. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact that where do I put these? I love the fact that I can read a book and then just boop, boop, delete it. And then if I need to re-download it, which I've done, and I've re-bought books that I have in print digitally, to have it wherever I want to roam, I can read it. That's the thing that keeps me from buying print anymore. But something like this gives me that, yeah, why not have it three issues? It's only three issues. Yeah three issues in this oversized format. Like, I kind of like it. I'm surprised that you want this, because I don't think you were the biggest Jeff Lemire art fan. You know, his uh, Stray Dogs... Did he read Stray Dogs? Yes. I don't think you were a big fan of his really sketchy art there. I know you weren't in his... uh, That book that I made you guys read, and he hated me for it. Uh, The Bourbon County? Not Bourbon County. (laughs) Something. Essex County. (laughs) Essex County. But again, that it was, was some county. Yeah, that wasn't like him painting. Like I've seen his sketches that he does versus like his painted artwork. Okay, and I like that painted artwork more. When he did, um, he was the artist on um, the Batman, Legendary Batman, or whatever it was. That digital Legend of the Bat, Legend of the Bat, something like that. When they did, they were doing that weekly um, digital Batman series. Okay, um, he did that with. Um, not Batman Damon, Black and White. Damon Liminoff uh, from. Um, so this was this not Batman Black and White? No. Um, okay. John, I'm I'm Digital looking at only. the artwork right now, and just because it says painted, it don't. It's still like that same style of artwork, but the coloring on it is like watercolors. Yeah, I know, but there's I, I there's because I'm I, trying to get I understand this. Like you know. I used to like I enjoyed following him when he uh on instagram Mm -hmm. and he would put up like painted sketches that he would do which i like more than just some of his normal artwork like i i have an idea of what it looks like and it does look like the images that he's doing for this book for this book and that's why i would pay the 5.99 to have it in the actual oversized oversized print Mm -hmm. because i Feel like I would be getting something more than buying the five dollar, yeah. the five ninety nine digital version. The price being the same, digital versus print. Like I can completely agree because if you were buying this digitally for five ninety nine, I'd be like, why are you doing that? Why, to yourself? Exactly. Yes. Like oversized. Why? That doesn't mean anything in the digital in world. The, yeah. Exactly. Like oversized doesn't mean it's it doesn't mean squat. It's IBUs. It doesn't. <laughs> Uh, somebody's artwork that is sketchy and just goofy and fun that I'm looking forward to is uh, Art Balthazar. He's com- coming back to DC to do another line of his All Yeah comics with Franco uh, writing. And this is Super Powers, number one. And this is basically uh, All Yeah Titans are Tiny Titans, but with the Justice League. So I'm super stoked about it because it's that. Very cartoony. Basically, if you look at the cover, the Flash and Batman have the exact same face, except, you know, the mask is different. 
but that doesn't matter because it's just going to be zany and fun. And uh, I like Alpha. Art Balthazar and Franco together. I enjoy them when they've done like interviews on podcasts. I think they're just somebody that do, they're a group that or duo that does all ages comic books where they're not afraid just to make jokes and ha- make comic books funny and fun. They're the funny pages of comic books. I enjoy it. Chris, did you ever read Titan Titans? Um, I think I read part of one that was included in like a free comic book day like sampler or I got one for free comic book day I can't remember um, yeah I, I like that it is like you said it's like the funny pages like it's all you know like one panel or one page gags that play out pretty quick um, they don't require a lot of attention which isn't a bad thing like it's something that you can easily hand off to a kid or just someone that wants something fun to read and they can be like oh yeah you know this was enjoyable so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of this. Mm, but not as much as you're looking forward to. And now, a dramatic reading from the Bagden Broadcast. We present The Flintstones, Issue 4, Page 11, Panel 1. So what are they teaching in school, Pebbles? How to sit still and shut up. That was a dramatic reading from The Flintstones. Number four, page 11, panel one. Also, she's eating a box of Fruity Pebbles. Which is funny. Did, yeah. you read, did you read that issue? It's pretty good. It's the first. Did you read one, one two, or three? No. <laughs> Why would you buy issue four? Um, I know that you just bought issue four of it. Mm-hmm. No, here's the thing. It's like an episode of the Flintstones, though. Yeah. Like You don't need to like get a continuing story. It's, it is It is what it is. But why that, would he pick up issue four? Because issue four was the one that was coming out, and honestly, yeah. like, that was a fun read. I was kind of like, <laughs> sad we didn't talk about that on the look back. Take a wife, not on your life. It's it's a bunch of people uh, uh, basically saying that uh, monogamy is, is horrible. It's, it's not natural. It's not natural. A child deserves several fathers. And about a dozen others. It was actually like a, a pretty fun read, and I was like, I would not give this to a kid. No, no, it's <laughs> it's subversive comics at the be- its best, I guess. Yeah. It's... Why must it be like Flintstones aren't a thing that kids are watching anymore? So it would be somebody who would be like our age who watched the reruns or when <laughs> it originally aired. Yeah, and even then, were That's they for ki- you know were they for kids? The, uh, the Flintstones actually had the very first uh, couple on television that slept in the same bed. Wow. Uh, Lucy and Ricky Ricardo, first uh, first couple that actually had a pregnancy shown on air. Wow. But they never Didn't referred to it as pregnant. She was with child. You just like you just made me think because I just from I Love Lucy. I just rewatched. I made my wife watch uh, Son in Law. With Polly Shore, <laughs> and Polly Shore makes the wife like super hot. So like the dad like goes into the bedroom and then pushes their two single beds together, <laughs> and he's got this look like ugh, ugh, I'm gonna fuck you. Whoa, explicit tags. And uh, yeah, we are said that in the beginning, uh, but I was just like was like oh you you said that to remind me of it, <laughs> which may remind us of our main just topic. Saying. 
I Love Lucy. They had separate beds. Yeah. But she was still pregnant. Or with child, sorry. You just have to do everything standing up. She had a pun in the oven. Hey, that's what we see in one of the very first panels of Chris's book, Sex Criminals. Yeah. Um, For this week's, uh, or this month's, trade and policy, we have Sex Criminals, volume number one, One Weird Trick, written by Matt Fraction, with art by Chips Zarski. And this is the story of two random people that both happen to have the exact same superpower or ability, whatever you want to call it, um, that whenever they orgasm, they are actually able to stop time. And they use this as a way to escape from their just kind of mundane, crummy lives and like problems that they have with their jobs. Uh, and ultimately, just leads to them going on a heist. So I figured Paul would love this book because it's like a love story, but then it's also kind of like a heist movie. No, no, this left, this, this left me with blue balls completely. <laughs> because uh, they roll out the map. It, it seems like they're going to discuss a plan, and then they never do. They never Who's... discuss the plan. We just kind of see this all happens kind of in flashback where uh, in the first couple scenes, they're having sex in a bathroom and somebody's going to bust in on on them. And we don't know who they are. Yeah. But we don't know that until like issue four or issue three uh, out of this six, six issues or five issues. I think it's five. Uh, This is five issues. Um, Also, I picked this up during San Diego Comic-Con where everything that they had um, that was like award-winning or award-nominated was at like a really cheap price. So I got this for like $5. And if you're part of uh, Comixology Unlimited, I believe the first volume is free on Unlimited. So there you go. We read the books so you don't have to. Yeah, or try to talk you into reading them. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I really enjoyed this book. It was something that when it was kind of floated out there, I was like, okay, you know what? I, I like Matt Fraction. He's a writer that we constantly kind of go back to, and I think we would qualify him as one of the bagging board favorites. But just like the general premise of it didn't really strike me. Um, it wasn't until it started winning all sorts of awards, like the Eisners or like the Harveys, I was like, okay, you know, maybe this is just one of those books that I should check out eventually. And seeing it at that really cheap price point for like the first like five issues i was like okay yeah you know what it's something worth talking about and after like reading it i was like okay this is something that's actually worthwhile like i want to see more of this i will all right i'm gonna i'm gonna put this this put this out there i put this in there i didn't hate the book it's but i'm gonna it's gonna come out everything's gonna come out very negative about this book uh, so I didn't hate the book. Okay. I think it is a very slow start. If I were to read this in issues, after reading issue one, I probably would not have kept reading this. Uh, Agreed. I also probably, if... I think the writer even knows that, because he keeps on saying, you know, through the character, don't worry, the jokes are coming. Yeah. Please, please stick with me. The jokes are coming. And there's a lot of that within this book where the writer keeps on talking directly to the audience. Uh, and I, I, I like that writing style, though. Like, I, I enjoy it. Um, this is a comic book that wants to be, like, 
a movie or a TV show. It's Woody Allen. It's a Woody Allen movie. In a, yeah, in because a way, it's yeah. that constant breaking of the fourth wall. It's a character that's in the in the story that you're reading the voice of describing what's happening in the story. There's yeah, that. and like the what's happening in the story, the character is there within mm-hmm. the flashback to say this is what's happening. So you're not just reading like a bubble; you're reading that person talking to you. Yeah, but you're anyways, not reading captions. Okay, yeah. so establishing first, we need to establish yeah, what the book is about. I, <laughs> Chris kind of said it. Okay, you know, uh, we'll get to that. But I'm giving my okay. my overall I, overall thing about it. First issue. If it, if that was just it, I wouldn't have kept reading. Halfway through this book, if we weren't doing this for trade and policy, I probably would have stopped reading. Mm-hmm. Um. After a while, you get kind of connected to these characters. You, The fact that you get that they are both very loaned people, that things haven't been working for them, and then they finally kind of found each other, and then things kind of click for them. Like, I understand that. I happened with my wife. I went through lots of things before I found my wife, and now I kind of have that. So I felt a connection with those characters. It starts getting a little freaking, like, it gets a little weird when, like, the sex police kind of show up. And then the stuff with the sex police, I did enjoy. It reads very quickly. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like Paul kind of talks about, like, it's just that swipe, 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 swipe. Quick, mm-hmm. quick, very quick read. By the end of it, when issue five ended and then it was over, and I got all these pages of they had a radio drama script in there. Yeah, like I they, didn't read that shit. I didn't. I didn't read, I, I didn't either. read that either. But I, I thought it was funny that they did that. I swiped through it and I was like, ah, "You didn't give me a conclusion here. This leaves you on that like a not, like a cliff. It leaves you on a cliffhanger." <laughs> And I was a little annoyed with the cliffhanger, uh, but I understand it's only one through five. But it's like what three volumes, something like that. I have no idea. Uh, and they're only on like th- maybe thirteen issues, ten issues, something like that. But I did enjoy it. It's a quick read, but it's kind of boring. It also is kind of slow. Yeah. By the end of it, I enjoyed it, but. For the beginning and halfway, maybe a little more through it, I wasn't there with it. And I didn't get to, like, the second issue that they're freezing time. I don't know if I just, how I missed that, or I was reading this, for the most part, I was reading it before I went to bed, and I might have just missed something in Mm -hmm. there. Hey, I missed that there were werewolves in that one book. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, I thought... When I first read this, because I didn't know, I didn't read what the book was about. I just mm-hmm. went in fresh. And when they have like when she, Sean, I, I will say like very first issue, like she says time stopped literally. <laughs> like I did see. I didn't. He like, took literally as figuratively. The second definition of literally. <laughs> and like I thought, like oh, when they show all the color, you know, like mm-hmm. when when they orgasm. Like the colors change and it's it makes you feel like swirly and everything. I thought that just she was just like having a really prolonged orgasm, mm-hmm. and like it. 
because I this book reading, starts off. I was reading it as like this person when she first, you know, it first happened and everything. It just felt like none of that stuff kind of mattered, and mm-hmm. she could do blah blah blah. I just, I like I said, I right before I went to sleep, I just missed that little that one little sentence because this book is very slice of life. Like as it starts out, it's just you know this one older character describing her childhood right to the reader you know so and then all of a sudden there's this one mystic but there's this just this one mystical supernatural twist to it that when some characters have orgasms they stop time they they well they don't stop time they operate outside of time because they're in this other they're operating outside of time like it's the world around them stopped um, and basically everybody, that's what's weird. The sex police, right? So they're mm-hmm. orgasming at the same time as the sex criminals are in order to show up in that yeah, it's outside like of time of, at the same time. They kind of go into another realm, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know, it seems like the it's quiet. time. They go into the quote-unquote the, world. the quiet or the yeah. cum world. Right. Uh, but you see her operating in the quiet and he stops as soon as he has, well, as soon as his refractory period ends. Mm-hmm. So, if you're not synced up, it, it, then you're not together in that quiet. So the sex police must always sync up, which I think is weird. Except apparently she has Kegel face, so therefore she can enter into a come world or the quiet anytime she wants. Isn't it Kegel? Kegel. Kegels. Kegels. Kegel. You say Kegel, and I say Kegel. 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 Let's call the whole thing off. Let's we, call we the whole know, thing vagina exercises. We don't know a lot about the sex police, though, and I imagine that's probably where the second volume goes into. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this book. I want to read volume number two. It, again, it's something that I would pick up on sale. Like, I don't... I'm trying to look it up on Comixology here right now. I'm glad you picked up this on sale because uh, I'm kind of like John here. I'm not the biggest fan of it mm-hmm. because I'm not. It's this quiet slice of life book, which I usually enjoy. Like the whole first issue, I'm like, okay, cool. You know, uh, it's a character, you know, discovering her own sexuality. All right, I'm int- You know, it's it, that'll be interesting to see, but everything about it isn't different enough. It's just that character discovering her own sexuality, and it's it's very kind of plain, except for that supernatural element where she stops time, and she has a bunch of questions, and she's like, oh, this must happen to everybody, and she talks to the sluts of her school, or the hoebags, I forget what she calls them. Sluts. Oh, the dirty, no, the dirty girls of her school, and she becomes friends with them. And it's... It seems everything seems very normal. Comicsology doesn't have volume two. They have um, volume one and they have volume three. Interesting. Yeah, because they have it listed on the Comicsology Polis website for fourteen ninety nine. Volume number three is fourteen ninety nine as well. Um, See, like on my phone here, it says volume three is eleven ninety nine. Okay, well, I guess I'm looking on the Comicsology Polis website, which is just when it was solicited for. Um, October 2015, it was 14.99. So it's not like 100% active because they still have 
like issues of comics that came out years ago listed at like three ninety nine, even though like you can buy it for a dollar today. Uh, they also have issues one through eight, and then it jumps to thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. So they're missing uh, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. Interesting. Just yeah, comics algae weirdness. But yeah, I, I assumed you guys actually would have liked this a little bit more because it is a fun book. There's all, like some dumb jokes in it. There's some visual gags in the background and things that you know brought a little bit of lightness to this story. That's just basically like at multiple times just someone talking to you about their life. I'm glad I read it. I look forward to seeing more of it. Uh, yeah, I like, and like I said, I said I enjoyed it. Everything I have to say about it is going to come off negative. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know, like, if you got the second and third volume, Chris, I don't know when I would sit down to read it. Like, I feel like I have so much other stuff that I've already bought that I've mm-hmm. never gotten around to reading. So I'm glad that I've read the first volume. It's a fact that I know mm-hmm. something about this book, this award-winning book. And it does, like, it does let uh, you know. They, they, sorry, they have volume two on here. I'm on okay. Comixology right now. It's eleven ninety nine, which I wouldn't pay eleven ninety nine for it, no. but I think seven ninety nine mm-hmm. is like my buy in price for it. If you enjoyed the book, yeah, uh, even at seven ninety nine, I think this is too expensive. I even if you had it sitting there, I'm exactly like John. I don't think I'll ever get to this because I just don't care about these two characters, especially like when she starts talking about. I'm blinking on the guy's name. John? John. Jeez. <laughs> but it's J-O-N. It's, it's a oh, different yeah. John. Oh, yeah, different, different John. John. Not you, John. Uh, and she's saying, this fucking guy. I, that's how I was feeling. I'm like, this fucking guy. I don't give a shit about this guy. What an asshole. He's just... But it's like an asshole. But no, she's saying it as like, I can't believe I'm falling for this fucking guy. Like, I'm falling for this guy. This fucking guy that's getting me into all this trouble. He's convincing me to rob banks. Yeah, but when she says this fucking guy, it's... It's, it's endearing. Not in, it, but it's not when yeah, it's they're... it's a term of endearment. They're not... It's not when they're robbing the banks. It's right. This it's guy. When he's, like, quoting it, movies to her. Yeah, or mm-hmm. her favorite books, or this or that, and she's like, this guy. This guy. And, they, like, they have that moment of connection with him, like, quoting Lolita... And, ta- and connecting about that book, they never connect about a book or anything out else again, except for Come World or The Quiet. Like, you get that set up, oh, they're going to connect on an intellectual level, and then they stop. They well, never I don't connect think they necessarily again. stop, but imagine the situation of, like, you think you're the only person that this happens to, and then you just randomly bump into someone else that has the same thing. Like, that's... That's pretty huge, you know? Mm-hmm. But then all they do and, I mean, well, with their time is cause shit to go wrong in... Well, because they're the trying porno. to save the uh, the library that she works for because it's getting right. shut down, and he just happens to work for the banking company that's trying to foreclose on it. But I do feel like they, they let you know that they're having this connection because they say, like, we spent the entire weekend together. Like... 
we never stopped being with each other. And like when you first start dating someone and you're doing that and you have these moments with them and you're staying up late talking or you're doing Mm -hmm. this and that, like all those connections, like they make you feel great. And you have this moment like, yeah, this, this fucking girl. And not to be like, oh, Paul, you don't know what that is because that was 10 years ago for you. You know, like, (laughs) teen? You know, yeah. You you know, Married for 10. Married for 10. Like, it's different out there. I guess so. When you have these moments when you're dating and you've dated more than just, like, one girl, girl, you know? Yeah. So, like, that stuff, like, I identify with. I understand having that moment when you're like, yeah, this girl this fucking girl like right but the points that she's saying that is the parts where she, he is being vulnerable and telling him her what's wrong with him or what he's ashamed of or what he's being very vulnerable yeah and yeah it's not they're not connecting it's not like they're sharing oh, a moment where they're they connecting are. with each other they're that's sharing connected. a moment that yeah. is sharing a moment all right, I, I just Paul, I didn't Paul, read it like that. Him shitting in a plant and then her just being like this fucking guy, like she's like seek this guy and stuff, but like I I don't care, like that, right. like she's falling for him, like well, it's th- those little things that are like yeah, but she's not falling in love with him because he's shitting in a plant. She she's falling in love with him despite he's shitting in a plant and he has these problems. And th- I wanted more well, moments Paul, of. I think that's six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, because you fall for people for both those things. And I'm just saying, we get to see all those moments where she's falling in love in spite of, and I wish there were more moments of her falling in love because of. It's uh, yeah, but that, that doesn't make for an interesting comic. You got that at the beginning. You got that in that you first got the, issue. Yeah, the one and a half pages of him quoting Lolita. Lolita. But it's like... They're in the quiet. They've frozen time, or they're mm-hmm. out of time, and okay. they're in that porno place, and they're throwing, you know, they're they're having goofy fun each other's exactly. And she says at the end of that, like, this fucking guy, like, <laughs> who else am I going to have this kind of fun with? <laughs> and that's that thing of you falling in love with someone. It's like, who else am I going to be doing? She X uses with? the quiet to escape her life and yes those moments where she's escaping with him in order to have this rambunctious kind of zany fun in come world is is those moments i wanted to see more of that of them of her using that those moments to es- want to escape with him and then like when she convinces her to use that time differently is where i'm like man I would be very upset with this guy right now if I was her because she's never a hundred percent on. Yeah, she it never is, mm-hmm. and you get that throughout the whole yeah. thing. So and I'm, even her friend senses that yes, these guys are Rebecca. They, yeah, they are together and they're doing something, but there's something that is eating at her about it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I never fully fall for the story. It never completely root for this couple to work. I guess. But you have, and I like, want her to like when she's singing Queen in the thing, and you're getting that little voiceover thing, the little post-it notes over mm-hmm. the things. You see that guy looking at her and have her her singing in that 
uh, billiards place and then bar. Yeah, you can see that that guy is falling in love with her, and she's again being vulnerable. Maybe. And in that sense, and that guy would say this fucking girl, right? And it does, it does ha- like it's kind of how she operates. Like when she's at the library the one day, and that kid shows up to work on the project, she's like, "This fucking kid." Mm-hmm. Like, and then like it zooms out, it's like this fucking place. Like she falls in love with things in spite of everything that might tell her yeah, yeah, this, is, this is crummy. Like, but that for her is the beauty of it. Because that kid was awesome. Yeah, she, she could see herself in that kid, mm-hmm. even though this kid's like way too big for it, like what she's trying to do, you know? Yeah. Or what she's trying to do is bigger than her. Mm-hmm. And she realizes it by like she's trying to save this library, but she's getting involved in something that's way too big. It's this fucking place. Mm-hmm. And that's what John is for her too. Like it's something that they've had their relationships and their flings before, but ultimately it's small potatoes to what what they're in now. Okay, well, I'm going to use that argument. Do you think she's trying to then... She sees this project, the library, as something she can save or want to save. She sees this kid, and she says this fucking kid, as somebody she needs to then help complete this project. Does she look at John and say, this is a guy that I need to help and to save because he is kind of... He is literally off his meds. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily think so. I think she's got her own issues too, and mm-hmm. she's angry at her mom that she wasn't able to help her mom get past her, her you know, the death of her, her husband. Do you think that's so? She looks for things that she need that are broken that she can fix. I don't think it's necessarily stuff that she can fix. It's just other things that are broken. Period. Right. And I don't think that he, like to me, like him going off his meds is he's not. He's not broken. He's not that in, in that sense. He's not broken. But she goes and she looks everything up about it because that's mm-hmm. the kind of person she is. Because he, I mean, think he, you haven't seen him act crazy or you know he's got pooping on a plant. Is yeah, a little crazy. He doesn't like his boss. Yeah, like causing, and he, he can get away with it. I mean, it's not like he's yeah. just like a serial plant pooper. Right? <laughs> I don't know. If I was her, I would check all my plants in my apartment. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's just, it, it's an act of rebellion. And that's what mm-hmm. he says he has, because I have this thing where authority, I, instead of doing something to get me fired, mm-hmm. I do something in this quiet or the mm-hmm. cum world where I can get away from it, and it gives me that little bit of peace. A sense of power that I have control. Yeah. He resents other people has control over him. Well, it's it's not that he's resenting other people having control over him. It's like his boss is literally just a dick to him. And then by using like the he, he I can't remember what he says like the phantom pooper like mm-hmm. it, he's using like the boss is using that as a way to crack down on people more. Like he's not actually trying to solve the problem. He's just using this as another way to lash out at his employees. Right. And then he's using the bank robbery as another way to lash out against his boss. And, yeah, in the bank, in the job that mm-hmm. he hates. And instead of just solving the problem, finding a new fucking job. Well, he, he, not, he, he, he complains about his boss saying, oh, the easiest thing to do is get rid of the plant. Oh, you hate your job? The easiest thing to do is get a new fucking job. Exactly. Like, take your own medicine. What, that's not what... John. That's not what, people, <laughs> that's not what people do, in a sense. Yeah. Right. People hate their jobs all the time, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's what you have. And this guy is, he went to school for acting. Mm-hmm. 
like he this is the job where he's actually making money. You know, like this is the job that's create. I forgot him. that he was an actor because at no point does he try. Well, no, because this it's over the fact that he's been able to do that. Mm-hmm. So this is him. The acting was pre growing up and having to get a job to pay your bills and to do that. And this is the job where he has that. He's talked about Mm -hmm. having lost his jobs because he was defiant or he did this or he did that. So this being in his quiet or the come world is when he can do those. He can lash back out at that life, but still keep his life in control. But he could also use the come world in order to study up and read on parts and practice because he has infinite time. So if he really wants to act, and he ha- he can hold down a steady 40-hour job, but still have another 40 hours, or however much time he wants, you could be in order greatest, to yeah, but you go through an act. actor in the world and not get found or have things start working out for you. But he could still pursue that dream. He has infinite time, so he can pursue a dream that he wants to while still working that mundane, stupid job. But he also then has ultimate time to worry about and have his own life get in the way of him learning those lines or doing that. He can read those lines. He can do those lines, yeah. yeah, But then when he actually has to go to the audition, does he screw it up himself? Does he? There's so many other infinite things, and just like, hey, I got to read the book. Now I can go to give the book report. It's giving of the book report that mm-hmm. could screw somebody up. And maybe he's found that I went to school for acting. It's something I do like, but I'm not good at it. Okay, you know, well, that's a different thing that I was, you know. But it's a comic book. You don't get to fill in yeah. all of that stuff. And also, it's not. They never explore it. For the either. most part, it's not his story. It's her mm-hmm. story. Right. When we oh, when we I, see what he's what him as a young person, it's her reencounting the story that he told her. Right. Paul, well, he sent. Oh, go ahead, Paul. Sorry, I just sent you a message because mm-hmm. I feel like this is not relevant, but like you can draw parallels to this in a way. I just don't want to say things on the podcast. So now there's silence as you can read. No, as I'm reading the thing. Uh, yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah, but. I mean, it's it's not the exact same situation, but like, you you can see this, right? But and I'll respond off it because I don't want to respond on the podcast. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. because that's you know my home life that I'm not going to bring. No, but and and that's the thing. But like, not everybody has infinite time. So to say that, like, well, if you're not happy with your situation, change it. That that's just kind of like the base of like the book, like. Yeah, you can try to change it, but also why go against what you're doing and what might necessarily like not be the best, but still works for you. I mean, well, we've all been in situations like mm-hmm. where we've had jobs that we've hated for one reason or another, but right. you do it because like you know it. It's there. It's comfortable. I call it out just because John, the character, calls it out about his boss, about just getting rid of the plant. And at that moment, I'm like, well, dude... But that's, that's this hum- job is your plant. <laughs> that, like, but that's that's human nature. It's yeah. you. Yeah, you're going to call these self out, and sometimes you're not going to be self reflective mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, I'm doing the exact same thing." I think that is written in a way for you to have mm-hmm. what you just said, Paul. Like, yeah, yeah, no, because that's 
human life. People right. do that over and over again. They wake up every day. They go to their job. Mm-hmm. They come home. They have dinner. They go to bed to then get up to go to the job they hate. Mm-hmm. That's every. I mean, that's almost yeah, everybody. Yeah. There's you parts know? of my job that I hate. There's parts of my job that I love. And, you know, I get through it because I get a paycheck. And I'm okay exactly. with that. Yeah. And, but also, when I'm reading it in a comic book and I see this guy that is just... And they point it out, and I'm like, this fucking guy, I don't like him. I don't like what he's doing. I don't want to read him in the second volume, because I hope he gets shot by the kegel face. <laughs> like, everything about him, I'm like, no, screw this guy. Like, I, he's, and that doesn't, and all, and that's why I don't care about volume two. I, I got volume one, I read it, it's done, I'm happy it's done, I'm out. I think it's the single issues are $1.99 each, so it basically works out to being the same price as buying volume two just in like digital trade paperback format. I, I would wait for a sale before I pick it up though. Like I like the book, I want to see more of it, but this is one of those kind of like wait for trade things for me. And not just necessarily wait for trade, but wait for trade to be eight dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If if you enjoy it, see, I, even with enjoy, if I enjoyed this book and wanted to read more of it, because I do enjoy those kind of quiet slice of life. Let's discover a character fully. I liked everything about the main character, Sally, right? Sally, Susie, Susie. Couldn't even remember her name. Um, well, she since she's the person that's telling the story, they don't like refer to her a lot. It's like right. only a couple times where I think it's like her roommate. Like, says Susie, or, like, John says it. But so she's so reactionary that it's hard for me to root for her. She's feel I feel like she's being well, dragged along a story, I, and it's not I, really her story. Even I though she's part of it. that, though, is, I mean, at the beginning, like, when you have the flashbacks of her trying to figure out what is going on with her, and she is being proactive, people shut her down mm-hmm. right off the bat. And that, that can affect someone, especially, you know, a young girl in, like, those formulative years, like... If every time you try to like follow up on something, people are just like, "Oh no, don't worry about that," or like your mom's calling you a slut because you're trying to ask about like what's happening to your body, like yeah, you're not going to put yourself out there as much. <laughs> so I don't know. Like it didn't bother me that she's a little bit more reserved, and I think it's that relationship with that, uh, John that does bring her out because. You know, instead of just sitting there in the library, like being like, "Oh, I wish I could save it. I wish I could save it." She does become more proactive with it. It just she, happens to involve right. uh, orgasming and robbing banks. Well, she's doing her little like stick it to the man by buying all the books. Like I like that moment where she's like, "No, they can buy the building. They're not getting all these books." Well, and then she's still also doing like the stick it to the man thing because they're gonna like pull off their big heist and then buy the library from the bank with the bank's own money so mm-hmm. at the end of the day like it's not hurting anybody because everyone gets what they want yep. she's damning the man to save the empire <laughs> or damning the empire to save the man who's gonna save the empire i don't know it's not rex banning day it doesn't matter <laughs> see talking it only about matters it. one day a year and she didn't go to vegas to gamble the money where where if she played craps and she had Kegel face. She could just stop time, roll those dice, and make them a seven every time, and always win. Mm. Mm. 
but she would have to get Kegel face or Kegel face. What did you say it was? Kegel. Kegels. Kegel. That was Kegel. You say <laughs> Kegel and I say Kegel. Do we do we have a book for next month's trade policy? John does. Yeah. Uh, it was going to be issues one through eight of Daymen. Oh, cool. Fighter of the Nightmen? That man. <laughs> I completely uh, forgot about that until you said that we were doing that book. I remember on, now, though. It's on our after you, it's after on you our Google Docs. told me we were doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. We're organized, people. We got a Google Doc <laughs> with episode titles we're and ideas. Organized. Hey. hey, we're better than we've been in years. <laughs> this Google Doc's been working great for us. <laughs> so check us out next week where... What's on our Google Doc? Uh, that is our Thanksgiving special. We'll be trying to record that on 1127 if everything works out. And we're going to be talking about beer and comic books. Weird. That's <laughs> what we would do. Breaking the mold on that one, guys. Mm-hmm.